Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. John Zibikowski, played by Michael Kelly, is a down-on-his-luck small-town bookie having a hard time collecting on his outstanding debts. After a one-night stand with an ex-girlfriend, John strikes up an unlikely friendship with her 12-year-old son, Brian, and develops a plan to recoup money owed to him by taking bets on Brian's youth league baseball games. And that is the premise behind this terrific narrative film. It's a comedy. It's a drama. It's a lot of different things in a, in one picture, and it's called All Square. And we're lucky enough to have with us the director of All Square, and that would be John Hyams. John, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. film was written by Timothy Brady. Did you collaborate in any way with him? Where did the story for All Square come from? You know, the story came from uh, Tim Brady himself, from personal experiences of his that he extrapolated, but he grew up in uh, around Wilmington, De- Delaware area. He was involved in some, I mean, he's a great writer, uh, number one, but he, you know, had spent some time and uh, was involved with uh, bookies and sports betting and all of that and worked for one uh, back in his day. And so he had this kernel of an idea of a story revolving around that world and also the world of how that plays with the backdrop of of a kind of small, tight-knit town mm-hmm. and how just the general dynamic of trying to collect money from people that you know intimately well and uh, if everyone owes you money, that you sort of can become the pariah in the town. Right. And that was... That was the setup of this uh, story and this character. And I would say that, you know, Tim wrote the script, and by uh, when I first read it, and when Michael and I first read it, um, what is up there on the screen is, 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 is quite close to what he originally wrote there. So I think the essence of it, the, the language, the dialogue, you know, the characters, the feel, that was all there in the original script. And, and any, any impact that I had on it, was just kind of you know a typical director's duties of of you know tightening things up or trimming or or basic shaping, but yeah. you know the essence of the script and the voice of the script is all Tim. Yeah, it it, it is. There's a bit of a I'm just for our audience, just sort of a, a, a there's a bit of a bad news bears vibe to it. That, that although that's a little. That may be a little bit misleading. It isn't that, but there's a sort of a uh, a sly humor in the film that I, I really liked about it. And there, and the, I guess where I get the bad news bears is the sort of relationship between Brian and yeah, between John and, and Brian. Yeah, I'm sure. sure. Yeah, there, um, there is that I, element of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think we didn't um, shy away from that. I mean, I think that was the appeal of this story, especially to me and Michael because we were exactly of that age, that it really reminded us of some movies that we loved growing up uh, when we were growing up. And they're really just the kinds of movies that that aren't made anymore, not as feature films, not those kind of characters. Right. Uh, And yeah, I think there is something very Walter Matthau about, about the character of John. He's very 
He's a very um, kind of gruff character, cynical. Um, he's not politically correct by today's standards, and he also has no ability to treat children the way we are generally uh, yeah. taught to treat children, and that is part of the inherent kind of conflict and humor of the story, <laughs> the way you know he deals with this kid and all the kids as if they are their adults. Well, and, uh, and, and so that, yeah, I think the essence of that reminded us of some great it, movies by people like Michael Ritchie and right. Hal Ashby. And, you know, it, it just felt like that type of story to us. Well, those are great references, and I'm old enough actually to have lived through a lot of those films that you're talking about. So I get, I really appreciated that. And what makes it there's the film is very balanced uh, because you have this sort of the character of of John not, and having and him not being able to uh, relate to kids and and treat him just like he would an adult in some ways. But then on the other side of it, he has his father that he's dealing with, who he got his book from and maybe we should sort of go into a little more depth about sort of the storyline because he is taken over his dad's book uh from him who is and his dad is in failing health and uh has sort of is constantly sort of hectoring about how to how to run the book and and uh, and that's sort of the, that's one side of it so he's getting it on that side and then he's yeah, he's struggling to get people to pay him off because they all know each other so well, and it's so it, it creates humor, but it also creates a pathos in the film, a certain um, a certain a drama and tension in the film that make it more than just a kind of a a, a comedy. It, it, it's a much more than that, and I'm sure you worked on trying trying to find that balance in the film. Tell us a little bit about how you how you were set out to do that. Well, I, I think you, you really nailed it, that that was the, the central kind of challenge of the film, but, but what, what we also loved about the script and what we wanted to realize was just that, that you were balancing these tones, that, that it could be very funny, it could be at times almost broadly funny, yeah. um, but then there was a lot of pathos involved, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's, there's even, you know, some, some darkness, and, and there are some very human elements, and it's not a... It's not a story like, uh, you know, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas or Scrooge, where the guy goes from being kind of a, a hard case, and by the end he's uh, a, a wonderful guy. You know, we kind of wanted to tell a story about a character who, if we're lucky, moves, you know, one millimeter in the right direction, and that would be a victory. Yeah. And uh, so I think, you know, the way we, we set out about doing that was, number one, to treat it as if um, we were making a character, uh, a story that was honest, that was a drama, so that we didn't have characters, or we didn't have actors play it as if you're being broadly comedic. We didn't try to shoot it as if it was broadly comedic. We wanted it to be situationally funny, and I think there's a lot of things that I find hysterical in the script. There's some things that I find hysterical that, that other people may not even notice, but, 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 you know, I think that there's, I think, you know, the comedy comes from the situations. It comes from the way, you know, Michael and his character kind of deal with the world and see the world. So that was another element. And that was where we kind of brought voiceover and brought this real first person telling of the story 
because we felt like to truly understand this guy is would be not just by by seeing what he's doing, but by kind of being in his head and letting him be an unreliable narrator. Yeah. And uh, yeah. by doing that, we get his worldview. We understand that there's, in his mind, a kind of twisted code to the whole thing, and that he's he, he may not be uh, the best person, but he's not the worst either. And he... He's not doing anything out of uh, actual malevolence. He's doing it because he has his own twisted sense of justice and, and rightness. And, uh, and, and in many ways, he starts out the story kind of seeing himself as being the victim. So I think that we were, we were really kind of analyzing a mentality that, that I think exists in a lot of humans and exists in in our world right now. Yeah. Uh, and we were having some fun with it, but we were also kind of addressing it head on that, that uh, we, we have a character who blames his problems on others. And, uh, and hopefully as the story goes on, he starts to see that, that, you know, maybe he has something to do with it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and again, as I said, if, if, if this character could learn a little something about himself by the end, that would be a huge victory. And that's, that's kind of a real, that, those are kind of the real victories that we can have in life. Right. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with John Hyams and he is the director of a new film. It's called All Square. It stars Michael Cowley, who you'll know from House of Cards. It also has Pamela Adlin, who you'll also know from Californication. And yeah, she's Californication, yeah, better thing. Yeah, she is a she's a great actress because she does comedy. She's such a solid performer. And one of the things I'll, I want to talk about Michael, but bringing her, she's the girlfriend, the the well, the the woman he has an affair with. I don't know exactly how to characterize it. They they know each other from from high school, and they get back together, and that's how we get to know her son Brian. <laughs> So, but she she just brings just enough of the character that we're familiar with from Californication, just enough to get us on the on on her wavelength, and then the rest of it is a very much more of a dramatic, nice turn on her part in this role. She does it really well. She because she does bring that that sort of undercurrent of anger that she showed in Californication, and the ability to kind of flash uh, real funny anger and then at the same time in this role she has she is really very well uh, suited for the drama that that is involved in her character's life so i i really liked her in in this um i don't know if you want to add anything to that but uh absolutely i i couldn't agree with you more you know when i read that role on paper on the page um she was absolutely my first choice of who should play that role, and I didn't know her at all. Um, I knew her work from Louie, actually. Oh, yes. And she, I always yes. thought she was phenomenal on Louie. Yeah. And, and I felt like, you know, the thing that I... The thing about that character that if it was played a certain way, you actually, um, it, it, in some ways, it could be a character that you would feel sorry for and maybe and maybe right. take pity on. Right. And and I did not want that. You know, I wanted someone who, no matter what, A, you could be able to laugh at and with the character, 
um, and that she would have the power in the scenes. And we knew that, that Michael's performance, you know, he's really such a brilliantly restrained actor, and he really kind of his energy is, is one where he takes the viewer into him rather than puts it out. And, and Pam is kind of the opposite. She's just kind of raw honesty, and she really dominates the, the space or any scene that she's in. And, and I just thought we, we had to have her because no one else can give you that. No one else can make you laugh, but at the same time then take a dramatic turn and just be completely believable and honest. And uh, so I was, you know, we we did a lot of, groveling and begging to get her involved it was ultimately her respect for michael and 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 her appreciation of the script that that got her on board and uh we were we were lucky to have her and i, I don't think anyone could have done that as well as her yeah and i completely agree with with the, this is a character you could have felt sorry for because she is very clear clear-eyed about her situation she's clear-eyed about her responsibility to her son brian she's clear-eyed about about john she is she's really just laser-like in, in her ability to sort of dissect the situation. And at the same time, it 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 feels it's right. You said it earlier. It feels real. And one of the things that I truly appreciate about the film is there's the, the sort of the, the width and of the – um, the actions on the part of the characters stays in its lane in a good way. The, everyone – there are there are times in the film where it feels like it could have gotten violent, it could have could have gotten silly, it could have gotten one way or the other, but you managed to keep it all within the characters' realistic expectations for the characters, and it creates an expectation. Yeah, and you create, and in doing that, you create an expectation of this isn't going to be something that's going to. Make, make a radical right turn or left turn at the end and and everyone's going to slap their forehead and go where did that come from it all feels right down the the middle in the in a good I mean that in the best possible way and that and she's one of those characters everyone in it Josh Lucas's character is is the same way they're all doing what you would expect them to do in real life and yet you get this drama and this comedy out of it in the, at the same time so I that's that's hard to do <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> no, that that that. I mean, that that. I think, like you said, that was kind of the idea or the 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 drama in the movie, and almost the the drama for the viewer is to keep you thinking that we might push it too far exactly. one way or the other. Exactly, and, which would have been unsatisfying. But but that's the tension we wanted to hold. So even at the end, is it yeah. going to take a tragic, violent turn? Right. Or is it going to take a broadly comedic kind of ridiculous turn and, and all those things? And, and to just kind of ride that line was, was where, as you said, stay in that lane is really where we wanted to live. And, uh, you know, another, another movie that we talked a lot about when we were, when Tim was writing this was uh, Kenneth Lonergan's, uh, you know, You Can Count On Me. Oh, God, what a great film. Yeah, exactly. I loved, uh, you know, yeah. it's a great film, and I loved that. When, when you got to the end, as it does happen in his films, it wasn't suddenly, well, everybody's learned their lesson and now he's this great father figure and all of that. It was, yeah, things still remained a little messy, but yeah. somehow we arrived somewhere. 
somewhere very human. And, uh, and, and I think that that's kind of what we were after. Something, some, that, that same type of, we wanted it to be satisfying, cathartic, but also not giving like an easy solution to the story, but just kind of, you know, right. just, but, but just being happy to celebrate the, the, the messy humanity of it all. Exactly. I would, I would, the way I would put it is, I'm glad I spent time with these people. I'm, I'm glad that I had an opportunity to see this story play out in the way it did, and I, I was entertained by it, as well as it, it just it felt right. It felt it just feels right. And and I I, I want to get to Michael Kelly in the few minutes I have left with you because he's he is one of those cool. actors who is so good. Every time I see him, it's e- and I hate to say this. I don't know how this is going to sound, but sometimes it's he's so good that it's easy to forget the roles he's played in because he's he he puts himself in them in ways that it, it, you just kind of. He plays it well. There's there's not any grand gestures or overplaying it. So because of that, I appreciate what a great actor he is. But it's also I hope he gets a lot of work moving forward because I just I, everything I ever see him in, I I'm so appreciative of him of his acting and his ability to assume a character and be that character. Uh, I just yeah I'm I don't know what else to say. Yeah, well I, I mean I couldn't agree with you more. I think the good news is that um, the Hollywood seems to agree with you as well, and so he's he he's uh you know works a ton. Yeah. That's great, uh, yeah. and we were lucky to have him for this for this period of time. But but also to your point, I mean, the real Michael Kelly is number one, absolutely nothing like Doug Stamper, and he's a, and he's actually got very little in common with with this guy. Michael is one of those people who the the minute you meet him. His his positive uh, energy. He's got a big smile on his face. He's quick to laugh. He's a wonderful dad, wonderful husband, a beautiful friend. One of the most one of just the most generous people you'll ever meet in your life, yeah. and one of the most fun guys to be around. So he somehow made a brilliant living playing real, real dark, hard cases. Yeah. But that is nothing to do with with the person that he is, and so, yeah. and that's because he's just a phenomenal actor, and he really understands screen acting, and and yes. he understands that you know, and it's and it's not something you can learn; it's something you have. I mean, he has a certain power just in his face, in his eyes, in his voice, in his physicality that he has just figured out how to do how to say so much with so little yes i mean and it's not not a surprise that that clint eastwood has hired him and he did such a brilliant turn in his movie because that's that is really something that michael understands and and you know there are so many great actors out there who do it so many different ways uh and as i say a lot of them do it by kind of projecting their energy into into the space and into the scene but when you have someone that that pulls you in uh the way he does that's another kind of level of 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 power as an actor that i think i think he truly is a leading man you know i think he can lead a movie i think this one 
is one example of proving that. But I, I would work with Michael on anything because when he's on the screen, you you just want to watch him and listen to him. Exactly, he actually pulls you closer to him. And actually, I I, I was thinking about this, and I, I, I watching the film. It sort of dawned on me. He does something. First of all, you're right about his face. He's able to project so much emotion. There's so much in in that moment. What and I think it's that that he 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 allows himself uh, a split second or a, an a, an extra second before he starts the dialogue, and he's looking at the camera or he's he's engaging the camera. The camera loves him first of all, but he does something about the way he yeah. looks at the camera that it. In, instead of just starting a line, he'll 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 go a beat, allow the camera to really stay on him, and then he starts into whatever it is he's saying. So you're drawn in because it's that that moment of silence that I see so often, and when he does something, where it feels like he's giving the audience a chance to really look at him. I don't know if this makes sense, but it, it's, yes. he does something. That, no, I, I think it absolutely does. You know, he's. You you know you some people uh, some people just draw you in yeah. you know and and it's, it probably has to do with his empathy and his and and just his general nature that comes across even when he's playing Doug Stamper I mean there's a reason why Doug Stamper is everyone's favorite character on that show yeah. and the guy doesn't show a shred of emotion but. You know, it just comes out of Michael's eyes. Yes. You just, it, yes. it just tells the whole story and yeah. the tone of his voice. You know, I remember I've had the pleasure of getting to work a handful of times with the great Elias Coteus, who's another, who's a brilliant, brilliant, you know, character actor. And uh, whenever, you know, we'd be on set doing scenes, you know, Elias speaks very quietly. And the sound guys would always be complaining to me, get Elias to speak up. <laughs> and uh, I'd say, Elias, why do you speak so quietly? And he would always say, because if you speak quietly, people lean in to listen to you. Yes, yes. And that's uh, well, you know, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's pretty brilliant. It's not so easy as that. You know, Elias is another guy who has that kind of power. Yeah. But but that's what Michael has. Is yes. That he 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 and he understands. He 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 has that restraint. He's not afraid to to recognize the power that he has on screen and not to overplay it. That it's better to keep people wanting more i i i play this is maybe not even a good analogy but i used to play a lot of racquetball and they used to when i was when i was being shown how to play the the instructor said to me um look when you want to hit the ball wait a split second longer and then hit it because you let you want it to drop the ball to drop as far as you can but just the, the the instruction was wait a little longer than you think you should and and that's what I feel like when I'm watching him. I'm watching him a little longer than I would yeah. normally watch somebody, and then they start whatever it is they're starting to do. And I, I just yeah, he's a brilliant actor. You, I mean, this is really a fun movie. Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, well, I, I yeah, it's I, like it's like uh, Keith Richards says. You know, Keith Richards, you play a little bit behind the beat. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's been a pleasure, John. This is a, I know this is a real departure for you, and your films, previous films, have been more of the action adventure. Uh, this is a terrific film, and it's well paced. It's really enjoyable, entertaining, funny, and and dramatic, and all the things that you, you're well, able to do. You. And the humor, I have to tell you, betting on 
on on Little League games was genius because that has got to be one of the best <laughs> devices I, I've I've heard, I've seen or heard in a while in a movie because it's so true. These parents are so <laughs> invested in such a great premise. All right, well, I uh, thank you so yeah, much. I agree. Yeah, thank you well, so thank much you. for being here. Again, the film is called All Square. We've been talking with the director, and that would be John Hyams. John, thank you so much for being on Film School. Thank you very much, and it's available on iTunes and on demand. Cheers. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.